Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What do you think is a supplement that any people use but don't actually need? If I'm being completely honest, I would probably say something like Ross Potter, who is an online fitness coach. An extensive background in training, fitness, bodybuilding, sports massage. I've had clients come to me before, had their trainer making them fast for huge amounts of time. There's fat burners that are supposed to make you shit out fat. Do you think that's even relevant? <sighs> Listen, we've all got our own struggles. I struggled with anxiety. There was two severe breakdowns, depression, and I've always struggled with body image. There's a huge issue at the moment because there is no... This is one of the things that really grates on me these days. Look at a lot of the PTs, and I'll say coaches. When you look at what they stand for, a lot of the time it comes down to trying to make a quick buck and jump on a trend. There's a huge issue at the moment because there is no trust in the industry. The channel has surpassed 500 subscribers. So thank you to everybody that's clicked that subscribe button. And if you haven't, please do. Subscribing to the channel helps more than you'll know. And the quality of guests and conversations that we'll be able to have going forward are going to be amazing. So please help us by clicking that subscribe button. So everybody, today we have got Ross Potter, who is a online fitness coach, very well known. You would have definitely probably seen him pop up somewhere on your social media feed before in the past. And you've managed to build up a really strong and loyal following, nearly 20K on Instagram. And off the back of that, you earn money from lots of different routes in coaching online, in person, and all sorts of things to do with fitness. So today the goal is to have a conversation about A, you and how you've built your brand and your business and be kind of what's going on in terms of the fitness world at the minute. And I will just put it out there at the start of this episode to everybody. If there's a little bit of background noise, uh, it's about 30 degrees outside and we have got a fan running in here today because otherwise we're going to sweat out <laughs> with all this talking. So please bear with uh, that. But to get it moving, Ross, in your own words, who are you and what do you do? Uh, nice to be here. Uh, thank you. Nice to be on the the podcast. So who am I? What do I do? Well, I've had a, I guess you say an extensive background in training, fitness, bodybuilding, sports massage. And 
I guess you could say in a nutshell, if you were going to sum it up, if you were going to say, what is it I do? Um, now, since COVID, since we moved into the online world, helping men and women who are unfulfilled and who feel like they're dragging their heels, have got no purpose to basically get back to living a truly fulfilled life in a nutshell. And sure. you've monetized this. You've obviously loved your own fitness. It's a passion of yours. I mean, we actually met on uh, our friend Zach's garage rally. We had an absolutely whale of a time. I've actually got someone else that went on that rally coming on soon. It's just amazing who you can network with, of course, absolutely. on those events. It's brilliant for you, clients. And you're in your stunning AMG GTC Black Edition. Uh, yes, it's an anniversary edition. It's an uh, anniversary edition. So it was just a little treat to myself, actually, for the business growth over the probably the past 24 months. So we, over the past 24 months, moved into the online world. I got a business mentor, which was the best thing I've ever done. Before COVID, before lockdown, I was, I've got a studio, a small studio gym, and I was running PT sessions, doing some sports massage. And for me, it was, for me, it was a case of there has to be a way to, be more, do more. That's the problem in the industry these days with personal trainers. When you're working 40, 50 hours a week, when you're working 40, 50 hours a week, there is very little time to do anything else. Programming, uh, client nutrition. And for me, what you notice is the standard starts to drop. So the level of service you give people starts to drop because you're trying to serve more and more people. So for me, I never wanted to be in a job where I was serving 50, 60 people, 50 hours a week. Where, where does your family fit into that? Where does time fit into that? Where does freedom fit into that? So there had to have been a, a shift. So for a lot of people, lockdown was one of the worst things to happen. There was a lot of people who sat back and I guess you could say treated it as a bit like a holiday furlough pay. We had one, I think it was one of the best summers we've had for a long time. And for me, it was kind of, I don't want to sit back and take government grants. I need to do something about it. So I made an investment, a, a, a substantial investment into getting a, a coach who was going to help me to- Like a business mentor. Yeah, right? business mentor. Um, to optimize moving into the online world. How do we look at systems? How do we look at delivery? And ultimately, how do you get better client results from not actually being in contact with the client themselves. So yeah, we went from, I think it was the first year from moving online. We went straight through, straight through the window into a six figure business. And before online coaching, yep. you were doing say in-person coaching in the gyms. Have you always done fitness? What did life before Ross Potter coaching consist of? What did it look like? Before it, it used to be called Toro Fit. Okay. So I used to have a business called Toro Fit, which everybody used to get wrong and say Truro Fit. Okay. So if you're familiar with Cornwall, um, people used to say, oh yeah, what's Truro Fit? And I was like, no, it's Toro. Cause I was born in April. I'm a Taurus. So my logo was a fancy ball. I had a Focus ST. It had a massive sticker on the side. You couldn't miss it. You literally couldn't miss it. I've always been in the fitness space. The reason being I struggled Many, many years ago with anxiety, there was two severe breakdowns, depression, and I've always struggled with body image, always. Even to this day, I still struggle slightly with the whole body image. I think the best way to sum that up is proud, but never satisfied. So for me, it was, I think there was one day when I was on the computer 
and I was in a really bad place. I'd moved from uh, Morrison's, which was my full-time job because I didn't go to uni. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I'd moved from, from Morrison's to kind of thinking, right, there's got to be more to life. I'm a people person. I'm good with people. At this point, I was still in the police. So I was doing uh, police work as well, which I, I was, I was eight and a half years in the force. And I kind of thought to myself, I need, I need to be doing more. Like I need to be helping people. So I went through my own transformation, uh, which was featured back in the day in uh, men's health, uh, men's health magazine. And then there was also a documentary on BBC three with um, Reggie Yates called dying for a six pack. And I was featured on there as well. So there were avenues starting to open up uh, through my own transformation. And I thought to myself, well, listen, if I can do it, I can help other people do it. And that's kind of really how it all got into. And back in the day, there was, there was no such thing as an online coach. There was no such thing as, you know, the, the, the Instagram world back in my day. I mean, I'm 32 now. So going back, 12, 13 years, this Instagram was in its early phases. This was when people were understanding hashtags. People didn't know the concept of a photo sharing app. Social media was not what it was today. So a personal trainer back in the day was the holy grail. If you wanted to get fit, you went to a personal trainer. There was no such thing as an online coach. Whereas nowadays we are swamped with online coaches. Every man and his fucking dog is an online coach. And I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later in the podcast. But um, for me, yeah, it was all about helping people. And um, I've always had this, I've always had this burning desire to, because I'm, I'm exceptionally good at what I do. And how does it work? So what does a day in the life at the minute of Ross to consist of? How do you pop, pop your incomes together and how do you sort of make a living from this? So back in the early days when I moved online, it was very much a case of, I have no idea how the online's kind of world works. This was all new concept to me. If you know me, you know, I'm not very good with technology. And it was one of those things that we had to move with the time. So you're not very good at technology. I'm I'm not. Yet you're an online coach. I'm not very. Yeah, there you go. You heard it here first. It's, it's one of those things where you, and I say this to my, my, my community all the time, you've got to be prepared to push yourself out your comfort zone. And when I moved into the Instagram world, one of the first things my mentor said to me was, how comfortable are you posting online? And I hadn't posted on Instagram for probably a year because of the whole, I guess you could say, yeah, there's a bit of the stereotype. There's a bit of the dysmorphia. There's a bit of the self pride thinking that everything I should put online should represent my image, my brand, how I want to look, how I want to come across. So he said to me, if you're not going to put anything online, if you're not prepared to open up, and post, you might as well leave now. And for me, that was like a big eye-opener because it was like, you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You've got to be prepared to start posting. You've got to be prepared to start getting some content and sharing because when you're moving online, just little old me in my town, no one knows on on a global sense, no one knows who the fuck I am or what I do. And how long ago was that? Because there's a stat that states personal trainers with more than five years experience can earn say 24% more than when they start. How long have you been doing it? And do you think that's even relevant? Is it relevant? I think it depends. When I first, when I first got into the industry, 
I got into the industry for all of the right reasons. And this is, this is one of the things that really grates on me these days is when you look at a lot of the PTs and I'll say coaches in, in, in apostrophes, I'll say coaches, when you look at what they stand for these days, a lot of the time it comes down to trying to make a quick buck and jump on a trend because that's what everybody else is doing. Okay. So there's this big thing in the fitness world at the moment. Um, the whole fitness shows, I don't know how much you know about bodybuilding shows, fitness shows, competitions. I'm sure you can go through your Instagram feed and you could probably find within the first few swipes, somebody who has been on stage, female or male bikini, pair of pose and trunks who has done a competition, who has done some form of fitness competition. And what they believe that does is give them access to put in their bio. I am an online coach. And that's the problem. That's like someone that starts a Shopify drop shipping store thinking that they're an entrepreneur. hundred percent. Within or, the first week or within the first month. Yes, Not saying or, that for the people that have made it work and all the rest of it, but yeah. it's an easy way to almost like a stamp of saying I'm approved. And this is the problem because in the, the fitness space, there is not one, there's, there's no one approach that's going to work. So we're all unique. We're all so different and there are so many different approaches. In the fitness space at the moment, you've got bodybuilding, you've got CrossFit, you've got high rocks, you've got all these different avenues. So it's where you want to fit in. If I want to plaster a wall, there's only one way to plaster a wall and it's either going to look good or it's going to look shit. And you know, if you get a good job or you don't, but in the fitness space, there's a huge issue at the moment because there is no trust in the industry, which makes my life a lot harder because the people that come to me who are unfulfilled, frustrated, they have no trust in the industry because time and time again, they've been shafted by him or her who've taken a quick bit of cash off them to promise the world and then not delivered. So coming back to that, that question about the five-year thing and making more money, the best way I could sum this up is the fitness space is saturated, but it's far from competitive which makes someone like myself who genuinely prides myself on client results and life-changing results, it puts me up there a step above the rest. And I'm happy to sit here and say, you know what? I am fucking exceptional at what I do. And I've got hundreds of transformations and testimonials to prove it. But it gives me that little chip on my shoulder because I know, you know, we, we've, we, me and Ben have had this conversation. I've been trying to get Ben on board for a little while. I can sit here and say 100%, if you joined, I would get you into exceptional shape and I would change your life in every single way possible. Because a lot of the guests may not know, um, just from my background, is I used to be, I still I still suffer with body image now. I'm really trying. I'd love to take the next step. But I used to be the best part of 20 stone, maybe 21 stone. And I think it was in 2018, I suddenly managed to get my license, got a cool car. And I thought, ah, I can't really get any women. Because I'm just, I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, this is horrendous. And I actually uh, decided that I was going to take an hour out of work every day. And I started CrossFit. CrossFit was my path. And that's just because of the people that I met sure. in the gym that I didn't. In fact, I didn't even know the difference at the time between yeah. what CrossFit was or a gym. And it was taking that initial step into the gym was was horrendous, but it was amazing. And I really focused on it. Nutrition was a big part of it. And I managed to get down from, I say about 20 stone to 12 stone in about a year and a half-ish. 
Um, but since then, through different bits of work, you've got your lockdowns, which was actually ridiculously busy for me. Sure. Um, I didn't do too bad through there. And other times I've kind of plateaued up a bit. And my dream would say to be to have just for a bit, at least the chiseled shape and all the rest of it. But I do like my food. But being an on- online coach, you just mentioned there, there's lots of different forms of um, ways that people can say lose weight and yeah, different, sure. different, different types of exercise. <clears throat> So do you have people that come to you that love CrossFit and people that come to you and love standard or just go to the gym like or runners? How does it work? How do you take a client and then do you have so, to mould them into what you want? So this is why the success rate ultimately is so high because it's it's my job to work around the client. And this is one of the biggest things in coaching. And I've heard this time and time again from people that have come to me from previous coaches saying, you know, my coach was forcing me to eat. X amount of food. I was forced to do this. I've told him I didn't like running, but he was making me go on the treadmill. So from, from, from my perspective, it's about sitting you down. Let's say you're a client and you're going to tell me, you fill in a very detailed questionnaire. You tell me your lifestyle, your food choices, et cetera. And it's my job to make the transformation as easy as physically possible. So it doesn't feel like on a day-to-day basis, you've actually changed all that much. But the result is the growth. And this is not just, I always say this because so many people come to me just wanting to lose a little bit of weight. And when we go into the consultation call, I say to these people, what does that actually mean? Like, what does that actually mean? I want to lose a little bit of weight. Because when you dig a little bit deeper, you then start to understand that there's more behind it. There's psychological There's the mental side of it. There's the confidence, the esteem, the belief, all of those things, which don't get talked about. So it's a a very surface level kind of ideology that you want a trainer, you want a personal trainer and you want to lose a bit of weight and you need somebody in the gym to stand with you and coach you during a session. It's one of the biggest things people say to me. Um, I don't know if online coaching is for me because I prefer to have somebody to watch what I'm doing valid point. But then I will come back and say, would you rather have me stand with you in a gym for 60 minutes or would you rather have me coach you for 168 hours of the week? So you can have me for one hour in the gym or you can have me for 168 hours of the entire week. What do you think is going to be more beneficial? Explain that. Is that because of what you've done will always be with them? So yeah, because when, you come, when you're coming into the community, and again, this is the difference between an established community and somebody who just in their bio says, I'm an online coach, brings a Google document down, which is very generic and says, you're on a calorie deficit, train, you know, doesn't take into account job, kids, family, everything that, you know, somebody who's busy, uh, family, directors, CEOs, people like that in my community, they have a life. And I never got into the bodybuilding space. Yes, I've done shows. Yes, I've done photo shoots. And yes, there is a time and a place for looking, you know, vascular, foreskin, dick skin, shredded, covered in veins. It has a time and a place, but it isn't sustainable, which is why so many people go through different phases. And in a bodybuilding world, you would only ever look like that for a certain day at a certain time to go on stage. And you wouldn't be able to maintain it long-term. It isn't sustainable. It's dangerous. There's, you know, there's been so many people taken to hospital. There've been people that have died from the extremes of the sport. Yeah. We could say that in any sport, 
but nobody's coming into my community because I'm not advertising that I'm going to get you, you know, you're coming into the community. I'm not, I'm not going to sit around and say, yeah, we're going to get your, your uh, forearms covered in veins and yeah, it might be cool, but I don't believe that's probably what you want. No. And most people don't want that. And one of the biggest reasons I, I know this is because if I put up a picture, so my, my market is, I guess you could say the average busy person, family or business focused directors, CEOs who have got a lot more on their plate than trying to go into a gym with a camera rig, with a setup, trying to look at technique. They've got to get in, get out, get it done. It's got to be sustainable. 40 you've minutes. Got to, you've got to 45 minutes, yeah. You just mentioned there though, um, directors, founders, CEOs. I've noticed you've got a lot of that style of customer. Uh, I'm putting the two and two together. You've done quite well as an online coach. Sure. How do you pick your clients and have you been quite clever with how you pick your clients? Interesting question. I, do you know, and I truly believe the eight and a half years in the police force helped with this because what it does is it gives me life experience. And you'll know this as a business owner and having sold and running multiple businesses, you have to look up and you have to find a connection with somebody. There's an element of trust. Okay. If you're going to hire somebody into the business, you're not just going to quickly scan through Instagram, go, cool. His CV looks great. There has to be some form of personal connection. There has to be some form of trust. So in that respect, because for me, I, I'm, I can deliver, I can deliver the honest truth, but in a delicate way. And what I mean by that is I'll always show up as either a, a leader be a coach or see a friend. And every different approach is very different depending on the client. So sometimes what's, and what's not needed is if you've made a mistake or you've made an error, you don't need to be shouted at. You don't, it, it's, it's a fine process for, for trying to coach somebody. Is it different to coach a CEO versus an employee? To a certain extent, yes. There are similar traits. But the reason I prefer to work with like a director or a CEO or a business owner is because they work in a, generally speaking, a cutthroat industry. They have goals. They're aware of boundaries, deadlines, targets, which allows me to just deliver it on a plate and say, do you know what? You've got to fucking pull your finger out. You came to me for a reason. And because we do a weekly check-in, so every single week, every Tuesday, all the guys are checking in. And they're going through their questionnaires and they're sending me videos and I'm able to go back and forwards because they are prioritizing themselves because they understand they've got to where most of them have got to a certain point in business. They've achieved a lot in business. And as a sacrifice of that, they've fallen down the bottom of the priority. Do you, list. Do you find that? Do you find a lot? A lot of, so if you, if you are dealing with, and I think there's a massive difference by the way, between a founder and a CEO, it's huge. Sure. I don't think yep. people realize that, quite the difference. And I think founders are typically, I might get slaughtered for this, softer than what I consider a CEO to be. Some are both. Some some founders become CEOs. Um, however, I find that founders are family and CEOs are cutthroat. And there there is an absolute difference. And I feel that maybe some of the guys that come in to run bigger companies and are kind of up that career scale are a lot more cutthroat. Do you find that people like that are more determined to train? hundred percent. hundred percent. But it also depends on what they actually want. 
if we're taking a CEO or a director who's coming to a business who operates with extremely high standards, who wants to look a certain way, I can give them all the tools and success and resources to get them there. Will they achieve the result? 100%. But then on the other side of the scale, if you've got somebody who's been in the career space for a lot of life, come up the career ladder, maybe they've sold a business or whatever, they've got family, and then they have that flexibility and free free time as well, then again, there is that sense of kind of, because for most of their life, they've been in the career world, they've built a business, for example, having a step away from that, there's almost like a sense of loss. Like, ah, what do I do with myself? So that's then where I can come in and go, right, let's, let's. How do you find those clients? I love them. How do you find them? How does it happen? There's going to be so many, as you say, trust factor is an absolutely huge thing. Yeah. And, and getting someone to part with um, quite a bit of cash to come on a course, et cetera. You're definitely at the premium end of the scale. As sure. you said, you've got your results. Yeah. But how does, say, someone, how, how, what was it like when you had no testimonials and you're trying to get a client like that? Because I know what it's like to yeah. start, I founded a digital company. Now, you might have a good budget to do it with. When you haven't built a website for the first time, those first couple of clients, the hardest ones. Yeah. When, I, when I first started... I mean, like I say, I've been in the PT space for a long time. <clears throat> and the reason I worked or the reason it worked is because I can sell. And you'll know this as a salesperson. That's, that's basically practically what personal training is. You are a salesperson. You're looking for your next client. You have to sell yourself. Because clients have an expiry date? <sighs> Interesting question. Should, should clients have an expiry date? Yes, I believe so. Because in my eyes, from a coaching perspective, I, and I say this on every single call, I don't want to coach my clients for the rest of their lives. Because if I'm still coaching them years and years and years down the line, I haven't done my job. And what I mean by that is I make a promise to every single client that they'll come into the community and I will teach them because education's a massive part of it. I will teach them the skills to be able to get in good shape, stay in good shape and never need another coach again. And that's a massive promise. Explain that word community. Cause we see this all the time on online EDs and schools. And I sure. think it's a word that's misunderstood because wh when people think about a PT in a gym, they're in a gym and there's a community in there and there's people in there, but they're one-on-one -on -one with that trainer. So explain community. So when I first started, I never understood the concept of a community as such. When you're a personal trainer, you don't have a community. As you said, it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's, it's me, you, you meet me in the gym. We have a gym session. See you next week. Fantastic. But nowadays community is, I truly believe the, the holy grail to any business. And if you're not big on community, I don't believe, or I don't believe your business will ever become so a success. So you interact your clients with other clients. Absolutely. So it started off with the Facebook group, the WhatsApp community. And because I'm not bringing in you know, my community. Everybody is, is like-minded. The goal is the same and it's bettering yourself by 1% every day. That's, that's the motto in the community. All of my clients aiming to better themselves by just 1% every day. So with that as the, the umbrella, if you like, everybody's under the same roof, which means everybody can relate and communicate. So take someone like Dan, for example, he joined in January at the moment. He just checked in on Tuesday. He's 60 pounds down in so 27 and a half kilos down 
Yeah. Okay, since January. Take Brendan. I've never met Brendan. Brendan lives in New York. I'm I'm obviously south of London. Clients in different countries. 100%. So this is the really exciting thing because he, if you spoke to him and you said, do you feel part of a community? He would 100% say yes. And that community vibe has helped him on his journey because by other people sharing vulnerabilities and sharing where they're at or celebrating their first 5k or take my, one of my clients, Suzanne, who posted, yeah, listen, I've just got into these trousers. I feel incredible. What it does is, you know, and I say this all the time, you've got to celebrate small wins. You've got to be prepared to shout success from the rooftops, no matter how small it is, because even though. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Clients, when they come in, they have this real... I guess you could say some form of anxiety, but there's that little bit of imposter syndrome maybe creeping in. There's a fear of, well, I've achieved something great, but it's not really relevant because there's people doing much better than me. And that's one of those big things. And I see this all the time. So somebody could check him and they'll say, I've dropped this, I've done this. And I'm saying, right, put it in the community group. You need to write it down and you need to shout out to our community about what you've done because people thrive on it. So Ross, moving on, there's a few things that I'd really like to understand from someone that understands this space quite a lot. Does the UK have a major obesity problem at the minute? Honestly, I think yes. Um, because if you look at, although I don't know, I don't know whether it's just the UK whether there's a, a, no, there's a worldwide obesity has tripled since 1975. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There is 100%. So do you... F- I don't know all the figures on NHS, obesity, type 2 diabetes, but I know it's shocking. So when you go people approaching you to, to coach them, is it, you know, is the majority weight related or is, how many people are like, Oh no, I want to tone out. Do you find it is an obesity thing? So I'm, I'm not in the market for working with what you, I guess you could say critically obese or clinically obese or like huge people that have a lot going on. That's kind of because what I generally find is that to some degree out of my remit in terms of there's a lot of psychological that goes on with yeah. that. So I'm not one of those coaches who, We'll sit here and see, I can help you and I can go into the deep stuff and we can go into the psychological stuff. Like, yeah, there's a a massive part of what I do is mindset. And actually, could you to some degree say I'm a life coach? 
yeah, I think you probably could. So have you turned away clients? <laughs> yeah, I turn away probably 85%. Or you don't think they're the right fit? Of inquiries. For somebody to work with me, there has to be an overriding sense of doing it for the right reasons. And a lot of people will reach out, take something like Instagram, for example. Hey, senior transformations, looks really good. Want to get an idea of prices. It's really, really common inquiry. Get that all the time. Problem with asking a question like that is straight away you're basing a result on price, which, okay, if we take into account the current economic state, we take into account recession, energy bills, prices, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, of course, you know, price does come in. But if you are just shopping on price alone, there is going to be a major issue because actually I'd rather someone came to me and said, how can you help me? I'd rather somebody said, I've seen your transformations. I've seen your testimonials. How can you help me? And how can we make this work? So what do you think for people that couldn't afford training, et cetera, what do you think is the most common exercise that people are doing in the gym or thing that they're doing in their routine that is a total waste of time? Oh, what a question. I don't personally think there's any one exercise. So I think it would be irresponsible of me to sit here and try and make up an exercise and say, okay, that people going in the gym doing squats, for example. The biggest, look, bullshit aside, losing weight is fucking easy. Losing weight, getting in good shape is so easy. But the problem is people overcomplicate the process. And one of the reasons why it becomes so complex is because of social media, because of friends, because of family, because of peer groups, because of pressure. If you're not somebody who can say no, if you're somebody who gives into peer pressure, if you're somebody who wants to jump on the next thing, the next fad, I'll try this. Look, I say this all the time. So is it consistency, the thing <laughs> consistency, that people don't do Consistency right? wins every that's, single that's time. That's the biggest thing. Take me, for example. I started off, was I, would I have been able to do a bodybuilding show when I first started? Absolutely not. I had barely enough confidence to go and do a, a men's health magazine uh, feature. But the one thing I have been throughout everything, throughout two depressions, anxiety, breakdown, relationship issues, all that sort of stuff is consistent. And this doesn't mean to say that, you know, you have to be consistent every day, day in, day out, like slaving away, in the kit, you can only eat chicken and rice. You can only drink water because for me, coaching is all about balance. It's understanding when to push and when to pull. So if one of my clients on the weekend wants to go out and enjoy a wedding and wants to have a few beers and gin and tonics, et cetera, it's my responsibility to make sure they can do that without, I say this in the community, without being a fucking idiot, acting like an adult, enjoying the moment for what it is, but then being able to come back and say, right, I'm back on it. So in your opinion, is there a most, is there a form of exercise that most people don't do that can really help with weight loss? Or is it really just like you said, more in terms of mindset consistency and it's different for every person? To sum that up, how you look is simply a byproduct of what you do on a daily basis. So most people would attack this and they'd go into the gym exactly there, as you've said, and they, they think, right, I've got to do cardio or, you know, I've heard that this exercise is the best for. 
getting rid of my bingo wings or helping me to be leaner or building a glute or building bum. So what I'm trying to say is how you look is a direct representation of your standards, which is why when you're dealing with somebody like a professional director, CEO, because they already have exceptionally high standards, they can slot in and it's not a big shift. It's helping them fine tune and tweak and actually accountability wins every time. Now, what I find absolutely baffling is a major part of my weight loss process was getting on uh, pre-made macro ready meals. So there was nothing else that I was eating by what was given to me, yep. which were calorie controlled. I was put in a deficit. I then basically figured out and out trained that deficit and I lost significant amount of weight. And I'm sat there and I listened to a podcast the other day and you've got somebody like Dr. Tim Spector, who's really outspoken at the minute, but calories are an absolute total lie. And then you have a top heart surgeon that is um, saying that cardio is a total waste of time. So what are people supposed to start to believe? Because there is so, I've never seen a space online where there are so many differences of opinion. And this is exactly what I said when we spoke earlier about the fact that there is no right and wrong. So there is some scientific evidence to suggest that could be true. There is evidence to suggest this is true. There is somebody who's probably done no cardio and has still got a fantastic result. There's somebody who's done 10 hours of cardio and got a fantastic result. I know that it is a combination of all of the little things. And this isn't just about training and diet. So if somebody comes to me, they would normally say, look, I need help with my training and diet. I want to get in shape. It goes back to that old kind of going back years and years, the whole personal trainer. I need a personal trainer. I need to go to the gym. If I, if I don't go to the gym, I won't get the result. But nowadays we have the beauty of looking at blood panels, digestion, gut health. Those are the things that if not considered, you, you, you can have the best diet in the world. You can train really hard, but if your sleep is out of, out of whack, if your gut health's out of whack, you ain't going to get anywhere. But when you say the best diet in the world, because I find it really dangerous. You see a lot of people doing some really weird things with diets and mm. fad diets are on the rise yep. at the minute. Yep. So can you share with us the most dangerous fad diets that you've ever encountered? There's far too many. And I, it's a really hard question. Yes, they are on the rise. They are on the rise. And this then becomes the issue with social media, exactly as you're saying there, because there's too much information. So in terms of fad diets, I've had clients come to me before who have had their trainer, you know, fasting them or making them fast for huge amounts of time. And then saying, listen, you can go and have some Weetabix in the morning. I've had people that haven't eaten for days. I've had people that are I mean, if you're in the fitness space, you would have heard of all of them. There's the cabbage soup, there's detoxing, there's detox tea, there's fat burners that are supposed to make you shit out fat. And what are the long-term effects of these? It depends. It depends. It depends. But if you, let's, let's take a female, for example. Uh, let's take a female who is in a massive calorie deficit, who is not eating nutritional foods. Because the goal is to lose weight. Yeah, who wants to lose weight and going to the gym, training quite hard, expenditures very high. The problem, and this could go for men as well, if you're looking at like a hormonal level. So if the that you know said female was 
ovulating or in a menstrual phase or whatever, because again, you're not putting nutrients into the body. So if we look at something like fats, you have to have a certain amount of fats in a female based on where they are for hormonal function, et cetera, you know, without going into all the kind of sciencey stuff. Same with males, uh, testosterone production, how we function. So this then is when it becomes very, very dangerous because long-term there are massive, really catastrophic side effects. There can be, if you are on one of these so-called fads where you're living under an extreme deficit, you know, you're not getting nutritious foods in. And that, that in. is mentally done, isn't it? Because it's just people that can't take any more where they are and they're just trying to, the absolute extreme to get somewhere different. Yeah, yeah. So this actually brings me on neatly onto supplements because the market for supplements is absolutely huge. It's 160 billion around yeah, the world. Ridiculous. And we all, we see it all around us, yet it's expected to grow to 280 billion by 2028. So what's your take on supplements? Because I hear all these words, pre-workout, creatine. I've got mates that are on it. Personally, I've never done much else other than just made sure my protein levels are high enough and maybe have some protein shakes and bars and stuff. But talk to us about supplements. How long you got? Um, (laughs) What's your take on them? Do Do you put your clients on supplements? Yes. But this is, this is again, where if you have a coach who genuinely understands where you're at, I mean, listen, if you're, if you've got a coach, who's just, who's just printed off a, a sheet of paper saying, here's what you need to take and not explaining why or what it does. Like, listen, the pre-workouts, the creatines, it's all, yes, it serves a purpose, but for somebody like, let's, let's say one of my clients, for example, it serves a purpose. Yes. But you cannot become heavily reliant on it. And that's where I think a lot of the time people it's go wrong. Pre- it's pre-workout addictive. No, I don't think it is. It's, again, there's different types. You've got a stimulant-based one with like caffeine. You've got a nootropic one, which is kind of like focus. You've got pump. It's an aid. But again, you could say that's the same as somebody who was on a, on a triathlon is a pair of spin shoes that clipped in and cleats. Is that an aid? Yes, it is. So if you think about it in that respect, it has a purpose. But I think the problem is when you're completely unaware of what it does. And let's not get the two confused. Let's not get steroids confused with uh, creatine with a protein shake, because I've had people that will come to me and say, yeah, my son, he'd really like to um, put on a bit of muscle, but I'm really worried about him taking a protein shake. It's really dangerous. There's nothing wrong with a protein shake. It's just from a derivative of dairy. But if you're somebody that it, listen, it has, they have a purpose. Okay. So if you're somebody that struggles to eat food, If you're somebody that's nine to five rushing around meetings and you can't sit down and eat a nutritious meal or you're not able to get in some chicken or some protein, protein has, is, is fundamental in the body. Okay. Hair, nails, growth, muscle recovery, fat burn. It has, well, it's keeps us alive, right? Along with fat, we we have to have a fine balance of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. Um, So you are pro supplement and you do believe they were, and they're not just marketing. I'm pro, but I also think there's a lot of fluff out there. And 98% of it is just fluff. 98% of it is One thing I will say is if you are looking at a supplement, what you would need to look at is if you are going to look at an ingredients panel where you know anything about supplements, I would always look on the back because 
there should be a nutritional breakdown of every single ingredient in the product. But what a lot of companies do now was, well, they just do a proprietary blend and they will just put on their proprietary blend. They'll list what's in it, but it doesn't state the actual doses. So if you're going to do a little bit more research into it, you would always want to try and find a sort of clinically dosed product where you knew uh, amounts, ingredients, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think is a supplement that many people use, but don't actually need? If I'm being completely honest, I would probably say something like creatine. Okay. Okay. Because creatine has this, it's really funny. Creatine in, in the fitness world is kind of, for anyone new in the fitness space, they view it as this like anabolic steroid, like, oh, like let's get on the creatine. Like we've got to do a lot. Back in my day, it was like, oh, you've got to do a loading phase and you've got to do five days of loading and then you've got to do this and then you've got to back off it. And like creatine's found in red meat, you know? So it it's one of those things. Yes, it has a purpose. Yes, it has an aid. but if you're somebody who's just looking to go from a point A to a point B to improve your lifestyle and lose some weight, a lot of this stuff is, you know, it's fucking expensive as well. And would I rather my clients go and do a good nutritional healthy shop, get a tub of protein powder and be able to find balance and enjoy a bit of, would I rather my clients put 30 quid into a nice weekend with their family than buying a tub of creatine? Absolutely, I would. That all depends on what their diet looks like. And there is a massive, clear relationship between, you know, someone's mental state and what they're eating and their diet. I'd say I love my food and by the way my work is I'm always out eating. I I think about it a lot more now. I think actually investment into nutritional learning Mm -hmm. is huge to me, even for a short period of time because it taught me so much. But do you think you can out train a bad diet or a poor diet? What again? It is such a. It's such a. It's such an interesting question. Um, there was that. That fame- you get clients that come on board with you, but have an okayish diet, and it's the training that bam, suddenly they make a difference. Or is it you? There is always. I'm good, yeah. Uh, to be to be honest, I think it's a combination of the whole thing. Like I think if you genuine, and and this is where I say it becomes the the complicate the, the process becomes. Co- overcomplicated more often than not, it is finding a true balance. Like even if you have a bad, like the good versus bad diet, I don't believe there is a good versus bad diet. Like some of my clients still, you know, uh, take Wendy, for example, when she first joined, she loved, loved her drink. She was still drinking half a bottle of sherry a week and she lost weight after weight after weight because we improved all the other standards. And if that's the one thing she enjoys, I'm not the one, I'm not going to be the one to take it away. Richard and Amy, when they joined, they were still having, uh, same as Victoria, they were having a mint Cornetto every single night. Now, for somebody who wants to lose weight and has considered good foods, bad foods, what's right, what's wrong, you're going to go, you can't, you can't have that food and still lose weight. Like, uh, of course you can, because it's all about control and, and it's having somebody, that's me, to take all the pressure off, all the stress off and go, listen, go and enjoy it. So Here's people can do that. 100%. And- what I found really interesting is basically you're offering coaching to people, but you've also got your own coach that coaches you as well, haven't you? Absolutely. So you understand the value of what that person does for you. And would you say that you learn a lot from that as well? 100%. I've had my coach for probably eight, maybe I've been with him maybe eight years. But to expand on that, you take someone like, you take any professional athlete, you take any professional businessman, CEO, whatever, 
everyone who has come from success has had a mentor at some point. Again, yeah. look at Usain Bolt. He has a coach. I had a well, businessman for a he, he, he's, he's the fastest man in the world, world, or was. He still needs a coach. And it comes back to that, that great saying that you are never a finished product. And for me, I genuinely believe the moment I sit down at this table and say, I am a finished product, is the moment... I give up to, you know, give, give in fully to complacency and say, yeah, do you know what? There's, there's no more to come from that. Now, Game over. You have had, from what I understand, some unbelievably big challenges in the last few years when it comes to relationships. Um, you know, I know you no longer got your pet, for example, mm. and you're solely alone in your own business mm-hmm. and you're trying to perform at the highest level. What is the impact on you and how the hell do you turn up to, to, and be the best PT you can be when you've got stuff like that going on in the background? It's a really valid point because actually with the whole mental headspace thing at the moment and the mental health thing, like, listen, we've all got our own struggles. I'm not sitting here for one minute preaching that I've been through a lot and, you know, yeah, you've got to be strong and you've got to, yeah, of course, but everyone's got their own stuff going on. And the one big thing that I said, and you know, go back years ago to when I kind of first had my, my first severe breakdown, I was struggling. I was told by a lot of people I should go to the doctor and get some medication, get some help. And my one reason for not wanting to do that was because I have the belief that no medication will help me because I need, and again, if somebody's listening with a diagnosed condition, ADHD, for example, any, you know, that we're not talking the same sort of thing, but for me personally, in my opinion, tough times, I didn't need to be labeled and I didn't need to take a medication, which was ultimately going to haze over the idea of I needed to, to sort myself out. Yeah. For me, it has always been more about, cool. Why am I in this position? And how do I get myself out of this position? You've got to be a problem solver and having that problem solving element. So, as we down start to downwind our conversation, really interest, interesting question is what do you see being the biggest trend to come into the fitness industry, whether it be from a mental perspective, supplement perspective, training online in the next five years, it's going to blow up. I think it's already happening now. And I think it's this, this world of the online coach. And I think we're starting to see the early days back uh, when I when I hired my mentor, when I first moved online, there was a new, there was a new wind. There was this new energy. There was a whole new brand new concept of we're moving into a digital world. People can't get out. People can't get to the gym. But how do, you know, the, the online coach kind of just, we saw this huge soar of online coaches. And it was, again, like I said, competitive, but far from saturated on the market. And I, I truly believe over the next few years, like we're even seeing this shift now with the economic turn, with the recession, with the, the kind of energy crisis, et cetera. The fitness industry is 100% led, I truly believe, by what goes on in our society. And to kind of sum that up, coaching is like a luxury it's viewed, unless you know the ins and outs of it and how much it will change your life, it's viewed as a luxury. So if your sink is, li- uh, is linking, sink, sink is linking. If your sink is leaking yeah. or your garage wall falls down, it has to be repaired. But coaching is a luxury. 
you don't need, people would say, well, I don't need a coach right now. It's uh, and really interesting if we're talking about uh, something I talked about at a, a recent live event, it's called the region beta paradox, which basically is a, is a kind of theory to suggest that the worse off you are, the better you are. Meaning that, and I see this a lot with people who reach out to me. I get a lot of people um in and are in and thinking, mm, I'd like to do it, but I don't know if I should. So this is the message you're sending to people why they should start their fitness journey. It's this this is basically a trend that I see in terms of you've you've got to be worse off. So best way I can explain this is somebody who's thinking about reaching out. And they're um in and are, and it goes on for years. And I lived this very inferior life, very mediocre, always a moaning, victim mindset. Oh, I can't do it, blaming everybody else. And then their mother or father passes from a heart attack or diabetes. And it's the region then, the region beta, where they go, fuck, now I've got to do something. So it's almost like we wait for these huge life-changing triggers before something actually happens in the same way that you'll probably hear a lot of people say, you know, Oh, it wasn't until I was diagnosed with X that I decided to sort my life out and, and change from there. Well, thank you, Ross. Uh, we're going to bring it to an end now because we've hit our time. And I think just like me, you are sweating out in here. Um, at, yeah, <laughs> it is I'm, hot I'm, today. I'm, I'm hoping the camera hasn't picked up on just the, where like sweat here. fest. Uh, yeah. But your, your insights and experiences have been absolutely amazing. And um, I'm sure it's going to teach a lot of people, a lot of things and make a lot of people think. So thank you very much. And if you're interested in getting in touch with Ross for coaching and online PT inquiries, then there'll be links below in this video. Thank you very Perfect. much, mate. It's been and a pleasure guys. And um, I'm sure I'll speak to some of you soon. Thanks a lot. Jesus <laughs> Don't forget, we've also got another channel, Road to Success Clips, where you can find loads of 10-minute pieces of content of really specific parts of conversations that I've had with guests that you may be able to listen to when you've got less time. So please head over there and check that out. And if you're also interested, take a look at my fishery build project on Fowler Fisheries. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.